Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On today's Something to Think About, we are jumping back into our Dear Theophilus uh, series, and we're getting back into Luke. We're focusing on Luke chapter 14 this week, and this uh, message will be called, Give Up Everything. So we are back in our uh, Dear Theophilus uh, series. We took a break for Palm Sunday and Easter. Back to Luke. Back to yeah. Luke. Back to reality. <laughs> Actually, uh, <laughs> kind of avoided Luke in purposely the, right? in these two weeks. Um, couldn't really completely escape it because Luke's got such good content in there. But uh, tried to focus in more on Matthew, Mark, and and John. Um, but we'll be back in that section before mm-hmm. you know it, and we'll you know celebrate the the majestic entry and celebrate the the crucifixion crucifixion and resurrection all over again and bring back some easter songs and, yeah. and do all of that but uh but now as we're going back into it luke um up until this point he's we're past the major transitions or at least uh the the halfway point when he transitions from his local and regional ministry in galilee and and the expanding regions of judea and now he's resolutely moving toward Jerusalem. <clears throat> and so last week uh, we saw at the end of chapter 13 that uh, the Pharisees were trying to basically scare him away from Jerusalem, to, to send him back by saying that Herod wants to kill him. And he's unfazed by it and says, I have to continue this with his divine sarcasm saying, you know, no prophet can be killed outside of Jerusalem. You know, this is the place where prophets have to go to die. And uh, then he weeps over Jerusalem. And later on, he'll weep over Jerusalem again as he's actually entering. But uh, <clears throat> but he's troubled by the hardening of the hearts of those who have been invited. And then with that in the background, with that, that weeping over Jerusalem, where, where God has invited the people to be his the 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 people of israel uh and the people of jerusalem specifically which represents the nation uh these are the people who should be most readily accepting christ and yet they're not they belong at the banquet so to speak and they're rejecting the invitation and that's sort of the backdrop to what we see in 14 Jesus is now eating once again at a Pharisee's house, which is intriguing to me. We see this over and over again. Luke captures this so often that these people are trying to get rid of him, and yet they keep having him dine at their house. Right. And he knows, there's no way he doesn't know that these are all traps. They're looking for opportunities, and yet he does it. He walks right into the lion's den. Right. What does he have to fear? That, you know? And he goes right at it. Luke uses these Sabbath healings as transitions that we see this repeated story. We talked about it a little bit uh, in chapter 13. But here we are once again. He's not in the synagogue now, but on a Sabbath he's eating. So it's this would have been after teaching, after they went to church. They were having Sunday dinner. And uh, verse 1, one Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Of course. Uh, There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body, the NIV says, ESV and others uh, say a man suffering from dropsy. Um, Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? So before he even does it, we've been through this, right? So they've seen it. How many times are you going to go through this? So he just goes right to them. 
is Olaf or not? Well, after all of the confrontations that they've had now, their response is stunned silence. <laughs> your, your stunned silence is very reassuring. Sorry for kicking the desk. Uh, but they remained silent. Uh, so taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked him, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. <laughs> you said it all. He's refuted all your arguments. Your arguments are invalid, so they give up. Anyway, so they continue on, and he gives these parables now. He'll go through this um, kind of a, instructions on humility, talking about the idea that, those who are um, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And there's some very practical things in there. And then he gives them some very impractical advice. When you give a banquet, don't invite your friends. Don't invite the 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 good people. Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, because they won't repay you. And your friends might. They might invite you to their house. Right. You, you invite the homeless. They're not inviting you to their house because they right. don't have one. So, you know, this is kind of the the idea. Totally impractical. Um, but again, speaking to to the greater eternal blessing rather than the temporal things that we see. So there's a there's a letting go of my reputation. There's a letting go of what is convenient, what is socially normal, what is expected. Letting go of all that stuff. But remember the the backdrop of Jesus weeping over Jerusalem and how they had rejected uh, the gospel. Well, he gives this parable of a great banquet. Uh, this is verse 16. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. He's at a dinner, had just instructed them about how to do this, which without question had to feel kind of insulting to the host. Um, but now he's, he's giving this parable. And he says, At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, uh, for everything is now ready. All right? So you can see already the parallel. Jesus is here. The, the kingdom of God is near. Repent. Mm -hmm. This is what he's been saying. Come, now it's the time. Now it's ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, uh, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. So you've got you know, work. I can't, I can't be a part of this because i got work. i got to take care of my responsibilities. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Uh, it's not, there's a joyfulness to it, but it's still, you know, I've got earthly responsibilities. Right. I can't be a part of this. Um, the servant came back and reported to his master. The owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done. There's still room. This is, as Jesus had said in chapter 13, the kingdom of God is big and vast. There's room for everyone. But there's a narrow door. You have to come with your invitation. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited, will get, who were invited, those initial group, will get a taste of my banquet. We're going to fill this place, and y'all ain't coming in. Right. You had your shot, and you didn't do it. So there is a, a very um, direct rebuke right. here of, uh, of the Jewish people specifically the Jewish leaders. So there is a, when he's rebuking the nation, he's rebu rebuking the Jews, there's an eye toward the leaders who represent them, toward Jerusalem who represent them. It's not saying all Jews, every Jew. Those who are of Abraham's faith, of the promise, they will still be a part of this. But those who are just of Abraham's physical line, 
forget about it. That's not, you've missed it. And then he invites the Gentiles. And Luke really fixates on that. As a Gentile himself, he really gets this compassionate Christ going to the, the least, the last, and the lost. But after saying that, that we're going to invite everybody, except for those of you who had the privilege, right. you're, you've blown your chance. Then he goes into this idea of the cost of being a disciple. In Matthew, we see the verse about counting the cost. You've got to know going in, you're going to have to carry your cross. You're going to have to sacrifice. Anyone who comes to me, he says in verse 26, and doesn't hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. That verse by itself is such a hammer. I can't wait right. for us to talk about this a little bit more yeah. next week in the podcast. Because, I mean, anytime you throw the word hate in there, that, that's a big, heavy thing. And, right. and he's not saying you should treat them disdainfully right. or that you should hate them. But by comparison to your love for Christ, everything else should seem like hatred because it's there's such a difference. Your love for your own child should be so far below your love for Christ that it feels like you hate your child in, by that comparison. And that's, a, that's like you just said, that's a hard concept for us in our humanness to and, grasp. And he's making it deliberately hard. Right, he's, right. he's saying here, if you want to be my disciple, you have to give up everything else. And I will give you what you need. Doesn't mean you're going to do without in this life, but you have to let go of everything, everything that you think matters to take hold of what really matters. And that's really where he's going in this passage. And we will talk about that uh, more next week. That'll be the, the message on Sunday. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I, I, think I have will. a feeling other people might have some things to ask. I hope so. Or... We, we're looking for questions. So, you know, Please ask us questions. Anything that uh, So I can refer them to Rich and he is... can answer them and I can just sit here. <laughs> if it's hard to, hard to handle, hard to understand, hard to swallow, uh, you know, offensive things, please, please, please. Let's let's dialogue about it. Let, let's let's work through these things because these aren't my words. These are his words. And if it's ever my words, not just simply expounding or, or exposing his words, then we're in the wrong place. And we want to make sure that we're really clear that we understand what God is saying, not just what a preacher or, or you know a brilliant professional podcast is saying. Absolutely. So we will dive in more to that next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>